0: This is Managing Mayhem, brought to you by two lawyers and a layman.
1: Because good intentions are not a legal defense.
2: Wait, I'm, I'm sorry, they're not.
0: Okay, well, let's get going then. Hi, and welcome to Managing Mayhem, a workplace podcast released every two weeks. Each episode, we cover a new topic to help HR managers and employees navigate the daily workplace mayhem. I'm Jeff. Or I'm Patty. And I'm Jack and that is the truth. <laughs> Jack,
1: I just want to welcome you back from your stint on uh, Little Shop of Horrors. You were so amazing. <laughs>
0: from your stint in Aurora, <laughs> the birthplace of Wayne's World. <laughs> and truly the birthplace of Wayne's World. But
1: Jack, how did they get about 1800 people, 15-1800 every show? I mean,
2: literally crazy. Every time every day I was just like, where are you guys coming from? Yeah. where are you coming from you were
1: so good jack though you were so good that yeah, was great
0: it was thank really you. good
2: it was really fun i was really glad to do it and uh now i'm glad to not have to drive an hour to the theater every day yeah, well,
1: <laughs> well welcome back
0: thank you yeah you can hang out with us for an hour every day no <laughs> different kind of hell <laughs> okay so what are we talking about today
1: today we're talking about trap agreements and those are also known as training repayment agreement provisions. I love how they get really creative, <laughs> really yeah.
0: hate the acronym, I'm already scared about it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we're gonna walk through what they are, but a lot of companies use them. And recently, states and federal agencies have really been coming down on
1: them. Right. So we're going to talk about what they are, why they can be a problem and what you should do. Now, keep in mind, this is a trending and developing topic. And so okay. we don't right. have clear guidance yet from the federal agencies. But boy, they are really coming down on these agreements. So it's it's time, unfortunately, that we need to look at these. So
2: Okay, so what is a trap agreement?
1: So basically, it's a contract that requires a worker to pay back training costs if they leave the job before the end of a certain time period. So it's like, hey, we are going to send you a new employee to a training course. We are so great, you know, and we'll pay for that course for you. But ooh. Sign this little agreement, the training repayment agreement, that says you're going to have to stay with us for three years or two years or else you're going to have to pay that training fee back. Um, And the whole point of it is that from an employer's perspective, and they've been used for many, many years, is that we are putting this investment in you. We want loyalty from you. Don't
2: you have to just train people for a job (laughs) anyway? Isn't that part of your job? Well, there
0: are, there are a couple things. I mean, What, do you work for a is, federal
1: agency or something, Jack? You're with the
0: NLRB? <laughs> I don't have to tell you my private life. <laughs> yeah, I'm an undercover worker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this is where a lot of the confusion is coming from. But you see these agreements all the time. We've drafted a number of them where your company is going to invest. And I think that the scale is, is it, required as far as for the person to do their job the train required or is this something to help them better themselves that we're just offering as a perk to our employees there's there are all these factors that i think come into it
2: but okay can you give me an example of a trap agreement i'm turned
1: around let's talk pet smart yes i think that'll give you pet smarts under fire right you. now
0: <laughs> um, PetSmart's smarts so- <laughs> being sued right now honestly we all saw it coming <laughs>
1: so pet PetSmart- is. You know, they advertise this free paid training in their job posts. And okay. and so Miss Scally took a job at PetSmart. She believed, wow, I'm getting free training and I'm going to learn how to be a groomer. So, yeah. I, you know, okay. typically you start as a bather and then you move to grooming. All okay. right. The reason and I'm that's laughing. That's
0: just Jack doing life. That's baby.
1: just me. Every, I bathe and groom and I, groom
2: and I go to bed. <laughs> And nobody paid me for that or for the product. <laughs> no.
1: So basically what PetSmart's saying is that we're going to do this free training, but you have to sign an agreement that you're going to pay us back $5,000 for this on-the-job education and training from our grooming academy if you leave us or we're fired or laid off within two years of beginning to work. And... In that agreement, the employee has to pay back that amount, either through a payroll deduction or being sued, if they don't pay it back. It's basically a contractual agreement. That is a training repayment agreement.
2: It's a trap! And so,
1: (laughs) basically, they are suing people. Wait, who? PetSmart was suing people? Yes. Okay. They were suing them, going after them, or deducting from wages to get that five grand back because they were mad that people were leaving after a year when they didn't like bathing dogs.
0: Okay, and I think on, on PetSmart they said if you left after one year, you pay half or some prorated amount. If you left before one year, you got to pay the full thing back. But that's that's essentially it.
2: Okay, so essentially they're saying we're training you to go from a washer to groomer. That training costs money. The cost here is five thousand dollars in order to repay that you work for two years here minimum or if you leave you owe us five grand right
1: okay so i'm gonna look at the employer side of this hey we're investing five grand you know Mm. to send you to training and then you're just gonna take that and walk over to petco you know that's a that's frustrating for employers you know um on the other hand what is the pet smart grooming academy
2: i don't know i've applied like six times They do not like my work.
1: (laughs) I'm going to give you another example. And this one drew widespread interest because it was on TikTok. And apparently anything on TikTok (laughs) draws widespread interest. But um, it was a physician assistant, pretty high-level paying position, that said, we are going to hire you for our Skin and Cancer Institute. And we're going to send you to training to help you do your position But this person signed a training reimbursement agreement and they sued her for $140,000 in damages. Um, I don't know what all that entailed, but I know some other agreements are saying attorney's fees, costs, uh, interest... So that's an, another example of one that we're seeing. There's a lot of them out there where this is the type of various training certifications on the job, all kinds of it's it's broad.
0: And it's interesting because about 10% as of 2020, there's a survey done and about 10% of U.S. workers are under contract with these training repayment agreements. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think so it's not a, higher.
1: It's been very popular the last twenty years, right?
0: And I think that what I would say is, I'm sure that study is. I'm curious to see what what group that they actually surveyed in that that study, because I do think, and what types of specific types of trap agreements they're looking at, because I do think, like I said, there's a whole spectrum of these. There's the the pet smart grooming one, which is only five thousand dollars, or this other one, the physician's assistant, which was. I don't know if it was fifty or $60,000 or significantly more than they added on all these like liquidated damages and all this other stuff. That turns but, into a really big debt quickly. Right, right.
2: So why do companies have these agreements and just don't just pay for the training?
1: Well, the biggest fear that employers have is that they're going to invest all this time and all this money and training this person and bringing them up in their skill set and then they're going to leave and that's money that is wasted right (laughs) and that's time wasted resources exactly and it's really frustrating and so that is the number one reason that people want a travel agreement otherwise if they just wanted to further their development they would pay for it and so the reason they want this in exchange is because they want to get some return on their investment that employee
0: okay they're usually skills or certifications that go directly to the, the employee and so like all of a sudden jeff ball is a certified x and i don't have to work necessarily for management northwest i could go right to management southwest so essentially
2: they're going they're going we helped you level up now you're going to use that skill here right you could
1: see couldn't you jack how that'd be frustrating I as do. an employer i'm going to spend 40 grand to help you and then you just walk
2: yeah, that's true because also you're taking that skill away no matter what when you're done with that training.
0: Right, and then you're going to have to get someone else in there who either has a skill or pay for it again.
2: And I wonder if if there are employees who do that, who go, I'm going to go to this job, get this training because I want this training and this certificate or yeah. this skill set and then I'm going to go where I really want to work.
1: I think right. it became a pattern and I think we were having retention issues anyway with people skipping around to jobs. And yep. so that incentivized employers to be like, I'm tired of this. I'm losing a lot of money on training. We're investing
2: and- in you. You can invest in us. Exactly. Okay. I can I can see some of that logic. Mm-hmm. Hate yeah. the acronym, but see some of the logic. <laughs> <laughs> so it does ultimately, despite the terrible acronym, seem fair. It's business, and you're trading time and skill for money and uh, an acknowledgement of that effort and a payback with tier time. So, what are the problems with these kind of
0: agreements then? So originally, when these were coming around, they were really more for specialized training costs for your higher-skilled, higher-wage workers, Okay, um, people in technology, securities, medical. You're trying to get them certified. They're going to be with you for a long time. But now they're being used, like PetSmart, for low- to moderate-wage employees, mm. industries, and they're really impacting those lower-wage groups. I mean, I think that's the the biggest concern is mm. These people, they can't get out of them. They're going to stay with the company. They're afraid to leave the company because you're going to get sued. Or
2: you're going to incur massive debt.
0: Right. To become a groomer, right? Which isn't
2: going to pay an exponential amount once you're certified anyway. And they also
0: said it's free. <laughs> I mean, PetSmart's got some problems there.
2: Well, it seems like as soon as you tell people it's free or misrepresent what's happening, then you seem that seems like you have a problem. Yeah. yeah.
1: And you know, f- the employer's perspective, it's a retention tool and we're helping them develop. But from an employee's perspective, it really limits their ability to leave the job because of the consequences. So they're trapped. <laughs> That's where the trap comes in. Because if I leave this job, which I ended up not wanting to be a groomer at PetSmart, I'm going to owe so much money. I can't afford that. Right. So some of the arguments are that you basically are having to non compete for them to stay there. Right. Also, you do lose as an employee you're negotiating for even wages because they're like, well, we we don't have to give them a raise because we know they'll never leave because they'll have to pay oh. us back so much money. And so that could potentially be an unfair labor practice as well. Or what if you want to report a safety concern or a sexual harassment concern, but you're worried that they'll fire you and you'll have to pay this huge thing. So will that have a chilling effect? So see, from an employee's perspective, Whoa. you could feel trapped on a lot of different fronts. And yes. that is the primary concern from employees.
0: That is actually, that's hard. You could mm-hmm. be really stuck in a situation. Right. Well, I'm like looking back at, at PetSmart. I mean, we have their whole the whole complaint against them. It says free paid training. But essentially what it is, it's this $5,000 trap agreement. So it's not really free because it's just on you to make sure you stay there long enough. But it's also going to their quote unquote grooming academy which is also part of PetSmart, which makes it additionally problematic. Mm. And it's really just a requirement of the job. You have to be a certified groomer. And so it gets into this, well, you're just on the job training. Like what? Pay five you- <laughs> grand. For- and so right. to, to
1: me, what they're starting to do is just pass on what would normally be the cost of doing business to train your employees. And Jack, that's looping back to what you said initially. Are you just basically trying to shift the economic realities of being a business owner to the employees and many of them, which are lower wage workers?
2: Yeah, you're just asking a low wage worker to carry the brunt of your cost of doing business. Exactly. So what is trending now with state and federal agencies? What are they doing?
0: So a couple states like Connecticut and Colorado have already implemented legislation to limit their use, the, the use of these trap agreements. And they're all kind of carved out are paired with the non-competes because a lot of states are coming down on non-competes but California Pennsylvania New York they're also introducing legislation to limit these trap agreements or completely ban them
1: right The other thing is, is that some states already have on the books laws that prohibit you from taking final pay deductions for this type of benefit that really benefits the employer primarily. And so that would be Oregon, for example. California already had a law saying you can't pass on to the employee for them to be responsible for reasonable business expenses. So the states are coming in hot on that anyway. But now we have the Federal Trade Commission. And I remember thinking, why would the Federal Trade Commission get involved in this? I mean, we never even hear about them. But basically, this year, they proposed a rule that would not, they they want to ban most non-compete agreements, but also trap agreements, because they consider them de facto non-competes. Think about it. If If you can't leave your job and go work anywhere else it's kind of a a non-compete that you can't compete against them you are like an indentured servant you know what i mean you have to stay there and so they said particularly they're going to look at contracts that require the workers to pay the employer or a third party for these training costs where like, first of all, is that required payment even reasonably related to the cost the employer incurred? I mean, did pepfar really incur the cost? They didn't pay a third party, they were doing their internal on the job training. So right. they're gonna look at that. No, it's
0: true. It's like, what what was the cost of their training? Well, nothing, it's the hourly right. wage of the person that they have to train, right. you know. It's-
1: the other question is, is this a cost that is the reasonable cost of doing business?
0: I mean, the NLRB, the National Labor Relations Board, they also came out similarly saying that they are de facto non-competes. But they also went a step further saying these trap agreements, they tend to, there's a quote from them, tend to chill employees in the exercise of Section 7 rights, which are their ability to talk about wages, their ability to unionize. If you think you're going to get fired or you can't talk about this because they're they're holding this training repayment agreement over your head, it's going to have a chilling effect.
2: Hmm. It,
0: it also affects their ability to leave their job. A lot of people leave their job not just to go work for the competitor, but because it's not the right fit or they're moving or they have a family situation or a loss in the family.
1: Or they have an illness.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's like a million reasons why people stop working and you're just going to hammer them with, well, you were part of the grooming training, and uh, sorry, your kid got sick, and then I got to stay home with them. But yo was, hmm. it's really a big issue. I, I I think these agencies are taking this seriously, and I think we will see some rules coming out. Hopefully, with some clarity, though, because as Patty said, I mean, going back to the employer side, I get a lot of it wanting to make sure people aren't just getting up and leaving, but. I think there have to be some ground rules and we I don't, we, we haven't really seen anything concrete yet. Right.
1: Hmm. And and what's scary is the NLRBs actually filed charges. They've actively filed charges against some companies um, in this last month. And so we're really going to see how this plays out. It would have been nice to have some clarity in the rules before they started filing charges against people. Um, but right. But we just don't see that.
2: Okay. So what should companies do?
1: Because this is an evolving area, but they're also filing charges, you need to immediately pull that training repayment agreement and send it to legal counsel and see if there's some major red flags. Some things that I'm looking at, is this required on the job training or is this something additional, a perk really to benefit the employee? Is it something portable that the employee can take with them in their career? Or is this something just like a PetSmart Academy that isn't necessarily applicable to other employers?
2: My PetSmart certificate may not transfer to Petco. It may not transfer anywhere
0: else. There's some fine graduation pictures in that (laughs) complaint. The little hats are good. (laughs) Slightly printed on cardstock.
1: The other thing is, I'm going to look at cost. I mean, is it really reasonably what you incurred as an employer to a, maybe a third-party certification? Or are you is it fluff? Is it that you're just putting in everything in the kitchen sink that you paid for their lunch, their gas on the way, labor things that are going to be considered extreme? And did you specify it to the employee ahead of time the cost so they could sign and say, "I voluntarily and knowingly agreed to these terms." Also, you got to lose attorneys' fees. I've never seen that. Attorneys' fees, liquidated consequential damages. I mean, that just is going to be struck down.
0: The other thing is, is the level of the position. I, I, I think they're concerned about the low wage, low to moderate wage employees. They're not as concerned about the top ten percent of the company or the higher paid employees because those are the people who are usually already open and non competes and things of that nature. It's really, are you having an impact on those lower wage? employees and imp- impairing their mobility to move to other jobs um, kind of just like bleaching off of them. Right. The other thing I think is a component is is the length of time that they have to serve before they're, um, you know, they're no longer going to be sued for, for having to pay it back.
1: Yeah, the thing is, you know, I tell employers, are you actually suing them? Because if you're not, it's a waste of a contract to put in there. Instead, Mm -hmm. why don't let's do an alternate approach where we reward them if they do this training, then we give them a big bonus that will help them pay for this. So we're going to have to start looking at alternate approaches to this because it is getting attacked by several agencies and state level. It's not going away. But if anything looks like you're trying to punitively force people into staying with your company. Um, that's going to be legally attacked and it may tank your business's reputation. um, Literally. Right, I
0: mean, I think your your whole goal is like retention, but it could torpedo morale (laughs) when it's like... How much time you got left in your agreement? Truly. You know, it's
2: well, like- literally, everyone's <laughs> serving time, and I think right. as someone who's looking for employment, you're gonna. It's really telling when a company is very obviously trying to skirt their business costs and make it your responsibility, and also force you to continue working for them under unfair or uncommunicated circumstances. So I feel like that could just absolutely tank your business and future applicants from even coming through.
1: So now you see why this is an issue on both sides of the right. fence. Everyone's Scary. trapped. <laughs> right.
0: it's a hell. I, I think it it's hard for employers because a lot of employers are like, hey, these are great benefits that we offer for you to better yourself. And the only kind of requirement is you just got to stick with us for a couple of years. And I, right. this is where I, I kind of struggle with this. And I hope they provide some clarity as far as I sound like we're on The Bachelor. I just need some clarity. But I just we just need some parameters on what, what they're really concerned about. And so that we can shape these, because I do think if you actually are using them in a beneficial way to encourage people to come to your company and not like the pet smart, like, hey, we got free paid grooming, but got to pay us back. But I think these are good tools, but I think they have to be crafted properly or reframed. Like how you're saying, saying, hey, you work with us for two years, then we're going to pay for this, Mm -hmm. right? Or you work for us for a year, you know, like, I think you can reframe a lot of these benefits and perks so that they aren't truly trap agreements. They're actually just saying, hey, we're willing to invest in you to this degree. Right. It's definitely evolving. We'll see what they say. We'll keep everyone posted, but definitely have a legal look at your agreements now and, and we'll, we'll, we'll review them for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Tough area, both sides. Don't
2: trap. Don't get trapped.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. The Sherm activity code today is 24YN, as in Nancy, 9YD. That's 24YN, 9YD. And don't forget, tomorrow, if you haven't registered already, we're having an advanced HR webinar covering service animals in the workplace and emotional support animals, Equal Pay Act, as well as do's and don'ts on trending policies and mandatory policies in your handbooks. Right. And
0: that's from 9 to 1230 Mountain Time. And you can get three SHRM credits for attending that as well. So join us tomorrow. And we hope to see you there. I'll be there. (laughs) Bye.
2: Managing Mayhem is presented by Management Northwest and Management Southwest and cannot be copied or rebroadcast without prior written consent. By listening to this podcast, you understand that we, or at least two of us, are lawyers, but we are not your lawyers. Therefore, nothing we say on the podcast should be taken as legal advice or considered to create an attorney client relationship. It is solely